podcast we are back with season two i'm so excited um, to kick off a new season with you thanks so much for returning to be with us if you're new welcome feel free to visit our season one episodes on our um, website at embracinglayers.com they're all there and so feel free to go back and catch those up if you're new but we're so happy to have you here with us super excited for all the guests and people that I, I get to continue to introduce you to just really cool women all ages all demographics from all over the country and I just, again, just consider myself so fortunate to know so many amazing different people that I get to share with you. To kick off season two, you're going to meet one of our new, our new staff members. Charlotte Feehan is with us as our new social media specialist. If you know all, you'll notice the difference. If you follow us regularly, you will notice about mid-January, all of a sudden, our Instagram started looking like really like official and cool and professional. That's thanks to Charlotte. That's Abby getting to do her job full-time. We're so thankful for Abby Bikel and the time she put in and kicking this off for us last summer. I could not have done it without her, but she got a full-time job and she became very busy. So I had to do more on social media than was originally planned. That is not my sweet spot in life. So thank you to Charlotte. She came on board and I was like, wow, this is so much better. (laughs) So we're so thankful to have her. We found her um, through another great connection at Adelphi University. Thanks again, Adelphi. Um, Valencia, our editor producer, who you got to meet last season in season one, had some connections through things that she had been involved with on campus at Adelphi, and we were able to find Charlotte. So you get to meet her today, and we love kicking off this season with you meeting another member, talented member of our team. Um, just before we get started on that, but again, I mentioned our Instagram earlier. Um, to learn more about Charlotte, to learn more about season two, to learn more about what we offered in season one, visit at Embracing Layers on Instagram. Again, visit our website, embracinglayers.com. It's going to be better than ever, especially now with Charlotte on board. So we're super excited about that. I'm going to continue with introducing my guests by their character traits. Um, Charlotte is creative, loyal, passionate, and thoughtful. And I I love, this is a chance for me to get to know Charlotte better too, because we went through the interview process and I learned about what she could do to help us out. But this is going to give me some great insight to Charlotte today too, because Charlotte comes on board a little differently with Abby and Valencia. I had a prior relationship with them. And so I already knew a lot about them. So nothing really surprised me or I didn't when I went into this episode, this is a different um, opportunity today. So thanks, Charlotte, for being willing and being with us today. Of course, I'm looking so forward to it. Good, good, good. All right, well, we're going to jump right in. And we are going to start with how to prioritize self-care in your life and what that looks like for you. So I think, you know, self-care is kind of exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) And 
if you haven't focused on yourself, it can be hard to focus on other aspects of your life. Mm. You know, like there's so many different things like jobs, school, personal life, social life, relationships. And I feel like you can't really be as focused in those areas or the best version of yourself in those areas if you don't focus on yourself as well. And yeah. And I think again, self-care comes in a lot of different forms because it's so broad and it obviously looks different for every single person. And, you know, you should never feel selfish for having to care for yourself. And yes, yes. (laughs) Just because you have other responsibilities in your life, you are also your responsibility. And, you know, you shouldn't feel selfish for taking that deserved time for yourself. And because ultimately, if you do take that time, you're going to be the best version of yourself for yourself and those that you care about and those around you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have any favorite practices that you find are specific to you? Yeah, I feel like, again, as self-care kind of as I go on through life, I realize that there are different things that work for me at different times. Yes. And, you know, because it's always something that's ongoing. You're never really done with it. It's not Mm -hmm. like, let me just do self-care and that'll be that. And it's a process and you kind of have to work for it and you have to make time for it. But sometimes the amount of time you have or the types of things that help you are different depending on where you are in your life. Sure. And so for me, a lot of the things that I do, it really depends on just how I'm feeling and kind of what I have time for. But a main one for me is taking a walk. Mm. I just I love just getting out of the house, especially during COVID and during quarantine. Like, you know, everything was online, like class. And social plans, like I would be watching movies online with my friends rather than being able to see them face to face. So it's a very different world and not being able to really get out and have that social aspect was challenging just in all aspects of my life. I was kind of sitting behind my camera and sitting on my laptop. So just that change of scenery of like walking outside of my house, getting fresh air and just getting up off my butt. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. you're like stuck in front. Of, it feels like you live in a bubble of sorts. I feel yeah. like over the last couple of years, like you're engaging with people, but in this very um, bubble linear way in terms of it's kind of the same pattern. You might be on Zoom for work or for school. Now you're with your friends, but it's always that in front of a screen. And so just getting up and getting some fresh air and, and yeah. moving and reminding ourselves that there's some ways we can still leave the house and it's okay. <laughs> but but yeah, I think you brought up a good point too of seasons. Like for instance, you've been off from school. So you've got a different kind of time to do those things than you do when you go into school. And I think having that flexibility because sometimes people tend to get tied into like these certain things and become checklist items instead of you Mm -hmm. really taking each day to listen to what you need in that day Mm -hmm. and in that moment. So I love that. All right. Confidently setting boundaries. Um, What does that look like for you? Is that something that you've been able to institute? You're still young. You're still figuring all this out. And and what, what role, if any, has that played for you? So I would say setting boundaries is definitely something I've struggled more with throughout my life. I know a lot of people on the podcast have had like the same kind of opinion on this because I would definitely consider myself to be a people pleaser. Mm. And pretty much every context of my life, 
I stretch myself very far and I take on a lot of things and it, it can be very hard for me to say no, even though I know I should, but sure. I just have this drive. Like I want to make other people happy. And even if it's at my own expense. Mm-hmm. So I've done this again, like with jobs, sometimes yeah. I can't find that boundary of, you know, I overwork myself, mm-hmm. but I kind of undersell myself and ah. because I'm a perfectionist, so it can be hard for me to kind of take a step back and be like, this is my time to relax. This is my time to unwind. Like this is after hours, but in my head, I'm like, I have to do this. I have to make it look a certain way or be a certain way. Yeah. And so sometimes it's hard for me to just kind of like take a step back and be like, that's not expected of me. I'm allowed to have this time. So just like boundaries in that area. And even in just relationships, Up until my freshman year of college, I never was in a relationship with another person Mm -hmm. for, so that was for years and years. And it was something I always wanted to do, Yeah. but I met a guy in my freshman year and I didn't have any boundaries at all Mm -hmm. uh, because I didn't know what I was doing. And I kind of, you know, it was very new for me. Right. And he was not a great person. I will say that much (laughs) toxic manipulative, not good. Yeah. You know, I was so naive in that area and it kind of caused a power imbalance in our relationship because he might've known how to set boundaries, but just didn't really have as many. And I kind of wanted to set boundaries, but I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So it was kind of hard for me to set appropriate boundaries for myself. And as a result, I was kind of pressured into things that I was uncomfortable with. And that Mm. I felt deep down, like I wish to have a boundary in a certain area, but I just didn't know how to communicate it. Yeah. And again, I'm incapable of saying no. I like to make (laughs) other people happy, even when it is at my own expense. So even if I knew like I didn't want to do something or I didn't feel uncomfortable or I rather I felt uncomfortable I just kind of didn't allow myself to set that boundary because I didn't really know how to. Mm, I think that's something definitely that since like these experiences with work and relationships, I've learned the importance of boundaries and I've definitely made more of a conscious effort to express my feelings and my values to those that I surround myself with. And I think a major part of it is kind of, you know, communication is key. Mm. And I know that's like a cliche thing to say, But if somebody tries to, if you set a boundary and somebody tries to push it or won't respect it, I think it's important to stay true to your own values. And it's ultimately, if somebody cares about you, they wouldn't try to push you into situations that you don't feel comfortable with or push your boundaries. So it's important to recognize that if somebody tries to push your boundary, it might come down to prioritizing yourself and not letting them cross that boundary, even if it means kind of cutting them out of your life. Right. Well, and you said something important earlier. If they care enough about you, they'll respect that. But it's it's a couple of things that you really said that were really important that and my daughter mentioned this. One of my daughters mentioned this in season one is like sometimes you don't know about you need a boundary until you're crashing into something. You're like, oh, I need a boundary there. So if you haven't had experiences that have shown you that you kind of learn that along the way. And also you're at an age, you're in college, you're trying to do all these things. You're trying to get your education, get good grades, get all these experiences so you're marketable when you come out. And that make creates our culture has created this do 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 everything I can environment where you don't feel like you can take a breath and you don't you're scared if you take a breath you'll miss something or miss an opportunity and so it creates a very difficult area to kind of like 
be confident enough and just be willing to be like, no, that, no, no, I, this is okay. But you got to kind of walk through that before you recognize those areas and what's needed. And I mean, you and I had a conversation when you interviewed for this, because I saw you talked about your schedule for this semester and how busy it was. And we had a conversation before I offered you this position of, do you feel like you have the capacity for this? Because this is, you're not most college students in your area of age and time are doing the same things. And so I think it's, it's an important lesson. And if it's something you can get a grasp on now and carry out of college and into life, it's going to serve you so much better, (laughs) but, but thank you for your authenticity in that because I, you're not alone. I think it's very common to have to kind of like, okay, how do we do this? And what does it look like? And is it okay? And, and recognizing when, okay, that relationship, if, and it's hard to communicate boundaries to people who don't understand them. You know, if they have people that don't have boundaries themselves, or it doesn't serve them well, if you create a boundary, that can be difficult, but that's also kind of how you sift through those relationships that are worth having and are really for you and, and the ones that are not, and that, and that can be tricky, but thank you for your authenticity on that. Um, Taking care of our emotional health as much as our physical health. Um, what are some practices you use to process your emotions in healthy ways? And, and how do you see that tie together um, for you? So I would say, I know this is going to sound ironic, but staying off of social media, I know <laughs> as a social media specialist, it's so true. <laughs> that sounds like very, very like a contradiction in itself. But I feel like you know, it's different when it comes to social media for the podcast. It's all very like positive things and positive messages in our feed because of the kinds of accounts that we follow. Whereas I feel like it's more on my personal social media that I feel that way Yeah. because, you know, it's all the people that I follow from high school and from college and just everybody I've ever met. So mm-hmm. it's very easy to kind of compare your own life and Mm. job and relationships and friendships to what you see other people posting online. Sure. In the, you know, social media marketing area, as it is in like the personal kind of area. Right. And, you know, when my mental or emotional health is at a low, I kind of try to stay away from social media as much as I can. And if that's not possible, I just kind of try to remind myself that, you know, what we see on social media is not real. And it often glamorizes, you know, it's what people want us to see. And it's not everything that goes on behind closed doors. It's a lot of posting the highs of our lives or the highlight reel of our lives, but not our low points. So it can be very difficult to kind of realize that line of what we're seeing is like the good aspects and not the bad aspects, especially when you're in a bad place. So I just kind of try to remind myself that it isn't always accurate and that, you know, it's okay if my life doesn't look exactly like somebody else's because it never will. And the same goes for self-care. Like I said before, just because somebody else has this checklist of what they do, it might not be identical to your own. And -hmm. I think it's important to acknowledge that because we're all different people with different personalities and different wishes and different dreams in life, everybody's going to be a little bit different and that's just completely normal. Yeah. Absolutely. I think you made a really good point too. I mean, social media in general is not the most authentic place on the planet, (laughs) you know? And so kind of reminding ourselves of that and thinking, okay, what do I put up? Okay. Well, that's probably the same story for them too. Um, Do you notice any ways that if you, that you feel it physically in your body, if you're not 
processing things through completely. Are you too young for that? <laughs> you might be too young to be feeling that yet. Not completely. I feel like I haven't really had that. Yeah. hundred percent. I feel like just sometimes I know in my gut, like mm-hmm. how I'm feeling. Like I am pretty sure. in tune with my feelings. Yeah. I would say some other ways that I kind of can take care of my mental health and emotional health sometimes is just like crying or like expressing mm-hmm. and letting out my emotions. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the time I would just bottle things up and that made me feel so much worse. And sure. I feel like being vulnerable and kind of allowing yourself to express emotions in a very real and natural way is yeah. not a bad thing. And, you know, yes, yes. Like the bad health, thing. Yeah. Like mental health conversations are sometimes just like, about being strong, but I think it's important to realize that sometimes we have to be vulnerable to be strong and that, you know, you might have to just like cry in the shower or cry to like a song or do something to let out what you're feeling rather than just keeping it up inside, because ultimately that's going to make you feel worse. Yeah, absolutely. You got to move that through and whatever it involves and and take the stigma off bad emotions versus good emotions. They're just emotions. They're emotions that are there to give us indicators on how we're feeling and guide us through. So I love that you that you talked about that. All right. How can we support ourselves and other women in living unapologetically? I know it probably sounds cliche again, but realizing, you know, that your worth kind of supporting and you know you're worth living the life that you want to live and you know you're worthy of it and Mm. I feel like in society women are constantly kind of scrutinized and belittled for taking time for themselves or for doing things that they want to do and there's just so many expectations placed on us so it's kind of important to realize that you don't need to fit into these roles and you don't need to be on the same path as everybody and you you know you can live the life that you want to without judgment And I think it's important also, I know a lot of times um, in order to kind of give yourself a confidence boost, it can be common to tear other women down or put other people. I feel like that's so common, especially like on social media, you know, like talking about women and kind of putting them down in order to make yourself feel better about yourself. But Mm -hmm. ultimately, if we want to live unapologetically, we have to support other women who are doing the same thing. and kind of support each other and have conversations like this where we can kind of talk about these things because they can be helpful. Sure. Yeah. And we're better off when we're all for each other. I think that's so important that you said that. It's like, if you, and I think if you feel inherently valuable and worthy yourself, you don't feel like you need to do that, but you want to offer that to other women as well. So I'd love your points on that. Really good stuff. All right. The importance of setting and coming back to your why or your values. And I I changed this up a little bit this season. I used to just say why, but I found through conversations I had with many of my season one guests that your values slash why are all tied together. And some people use a why and some people use their values and that's their why. So talk to me about coming back to those values, that why and everything you do and how it kind of helps you um, decide what to pursue and what not to. So I feel like, you know, everybody has their own reasons for doing things in life and to kind of put it into thought and kind of be intentional about what you're doing is important because if you don't kind of have these strong ideas, your decisions are going to be less strong ultimately. And by having the reasons for what you do, you'll feel more confident going forwards. 
and be more sure of yourself and your sure. decisions and ultimately will probably be happier. Yeah. And, you know, I just think it's important to know kind of who you value and what you value so that you can make time for them. And so you can kind of make them proud and make yourself proud at the same time. Sure. And I don't think you always have to choose like, do I make myself happy or do I make others happy? Because mm. I think, you know, some of my values are very tied into like my family and things like that. And I know this kind of goes into the living out your expectations versus others expectations. It's not selfish to do things for yourself and make decisions that you'll be happy with because ultimately you're the one living your life. So yes. those decisions will continue to affect you. So it's important to not kind of get sucked up into this person's doing this or they're on this path because everybody has their own path and it's not going to look exactly the same. And if this person's having a baby at this time, or this person's getting this job or this person's moving out from their house, nobody's going to have the exact same reason because everybody has their reasons for what they do. Sure. But I think it's important to kind of consider that when you make decisions that just because everybody else, my age is doing this or doing that, Maybe that isn't what's right for me at this time because yeah. I have values that I think are more important to focus on right now. Yeah. Yeah. That unique individual path and just having, and I think that your generation, I've talked about this before, is much better at being in tune to that sooner of, of really identifying those values and why, and then determining that you want to do things in your life that are fulfilling. It's not just about getting the job that makes the most money that allows you to buy the house. It's like, do I feel like I'm contributing? Do I feel like this is true to who I am? And I think your generation is being much more intentional about that. And it's going to make for you having more peaceful. It won't, not that life's easy. It won't ever be easy, but just more like alignment with who you are and, and the peace that comes with that. So I love yeah. that. All I right. I completely agree. And I was going to say, even with like school and stuff, sometimes yeah. it's hard because I look at what other people are doing because I'm a teaching major. I mean, mm. like the education program, but it's also a five-year program that we can pick a bachelor's degree. So I have mine in communications. And for the longest time, a lot of people were kind of advising me against that. Sure. Just because it wasn't the traditional kind of path to take. Like sure. with education, a lot of people do either like the core subjects like English, yeah. math, science, social studies, and the other big one is psychology. Mm, and yeah. My first semester at school, I also thought I was going to be a psychology major just because that's kind of what a lot of people advise me, like the department, my parents, everybody around me was like, oh, those tie very well together and it'll be easy to get a job because they're kind of interlinked. Mm -hmm. But I kind of knew after taking one, I took the general psychology course and I just knew something deep down was not exactly what I wanted to be doing. Sure. And I just had to kind of listen to my gut and, mm. you know do what I wanted to do. I've always been into film. I've always been into movies. I've always been into photography, video editing, all sorts of that. And those are also ways I practice self-care. Mm. I've Since the time I was young, I had a digital camera and I would just go and take pictures of everything. <laughs> I have an entire album of pictures I took of like my relatives, like very unflattering photos <laughs> where I'm like up in their face taking their picture, but I just love doing it. It was so fun. And that followed throughout high school and I was in AP photography. It was something that I felt like I could kind of escape into and focus yeah. on like now, but in a way, in a context that was different than the kind of stress that I had in my normal life. Sure. And I could focus on little things like flowers or like trees or just 
kind of, again, scenery, because a lot of the time, if I was taking a walk, I would bring my camera with me Mm -hmm. and I would just kind of document things. So that was another way I kind of practiced self-care for myself. But it's, you know, since that's something that was always a passion of mine, Right. I knew that doing psychology was just not something that felt like me because I always have this like more creative brain. I don't Mm -hmm. do like factual things as well as I do more kind of thinking outside of the box. Yeah. I knew that I wanted to do something in a more creative field. And so far it seems to be working out. Yeah. But I've got the question a lot. Like even when I would be observing at schools, they would be like, what's your major? And I would say communications. And they would think it was something with like speech because there's also like communication sciences and like speech pathology, things like that. And I would be like, no, it's digital production and cinema studies. And they're like, what are you going to do with that? (laughs) And I never knew the answer. I would always feel so put on the spot. I'm like, why are you questioning what I'm trying to do? Like, I don't know what I want to do yet. I'm just trying to do what feels right for me. Yeah. And giving yourself different options. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I might not be another like carbon copy psychology education major, (laughs) but maybe I'll have a leg up because I'm doing something different. Yeah, absolutely. You can teach those things. Um, You know, did well, and this really, and you touched on earlier, but rolls nicely into living out of your own expectations versus others. That's a prime example. You've done that. And it's really hard, especially when you're going into school And you're hearing these voices that you respect your parents and uh, your advisors and other, you know, professors. It's really hard. And Valencia went through this process, too. You guys could have a great conversation about this Um, of like, no, that's not true to me. And so I'm going to I'm going to go to this route. So I think you've really already talked about that really well. Is there anything else you want to add to that living out of your own expectations piece? So I think in terms of like my family was a big one and as well as professors and even like the teachers at the schools I visited for observations that were kind of just like, what do you want to do with this? And again, it's unclear, but I like to keep my options open. I don't like to settle down on one thing because even opportunities like this, I wouldn't have gotten if I was a psychology. I'm thrilled. You turned around. (laughs) You did. (laughs) Well, just because also digital production is such like, a wide field where I feel like psychology, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, the more set kind of paths, like sure. that you can take. Whereas digital production, I feel like because it's a creative field, there's more opportunities, at least just for me. Absolutely. You know, I like doing video editing. I like doing photography. I like social media stuff, filmmaking, writing scripts for films. Like that's another way I've like cared for myself and processed emotions in healthy ways. It's kind of taking my own thoughts and feelings and writing them into a script, even if it's with characters that are not me or are loosely based on myself or people. Sure. In my life. You know, that's another way that I can kind of look at my life and in a way that's different than just yeah. the lens of like, this is me. It can kind of remove myself from the situation. Sure. I can kind of be like, oh, that isn't normal or that is and kind of address the things I've been feeling in writing is another way. Yeah, I love that. That's so, I love that you're, you understood that about yourself. I think that's a really good example of knowing yourself well. And when you know yourself well, and you you can live out of your values, your why, your own expectations, because you know what it is they are. You know, you know, I think, and for somebody at your age to be, have that 
great understanding. So great. And I love the education combination with that, because like I said earlier, who knows? High schools with all that's happening digitally and with technology now, you're going to be a commodity in terms of being able to, if you decide to go that route, you've got the world's open to you. But if you just you can teach things that most people can't teach because they don't have the background in, but it's needed. It's, it's going to be one of those options that, you know, students need. So I love that. I love that. And, and just that being willing to just like, no, this is, this is for me and my inner knowing my gut um, is telling me that this is the right thing for me. And I'm, I'm going to trust that. So that's so important. So valuable. It's going to serve you really well. All right. Accepting the layered aspects of ourselves. Um, I think this is really important um, because we all, like we talked about earlier on Instagram, we all like to show those positive things, but we all have different experiences and different things that make up who we are. And if we're, re- and I'm learning to do this still, if we're going to really truly love ourselves unconditionally, that means accepting all the stuff, all the layers, all the gunk, all the bad decisions, good decisions, you know, and, and so talk to me about your journey with that. So I think it's again, important to realize we are complex. We're not just kind of surface level and going on inside. We have so many different things that a lot of people don't see. And it is kind of similar to the social media. Like you see the outside perspective of somebody, but you don't really know what's going on inside or how many different complex. It's just, it's complicated. We're all complicated. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, when you don't know people as well, it's easy to kind of put up a wall of like, this is who I am. But then when you get to know people better, you kind of see the underneath layers. Sure. So I feel like I'm at a point in my life that I want to be in tune with my inner layers. All like, I know we compare it to like an onion. That's Mm -hmm. a common example. Yeah. Like all the layers that are deep inside. And I want to feel more comfortable presenting those and expressing those to, especially the people I care about. Sure. Just other people as well, because I feel like, if you don't love me for all my layers, then you can't love me. Right. Yes, 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 absolutely. And I feel like, you know, if you're hiding the layers, it's not a true uh, representation of yourself. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, you want to surround yourself with people who will also embrace your layers and that you will embrace theirs and you bring yeah. out the best in each other. Yeah. Oh, such that's great. Such a good answer. And so important. It's that it goes back to that authenticity piece and having healthy relationships in your life that start with yourself, because I think it's really hard to accept other people's layers if we're not able to accept our own layers. So I love how you you touched on that. All right. So in summary, in Living Out Feel, the name of our, you know, podcast, Finding Empowerment, Embracing Layers. Um how has how do you have you found that this affects the quality of your relationships? Because I firmly believe that you've kind of got to have these things in order in order to have an understanding of what healthy relationships look like, not only with yourself, but with other people. Talk to me about that. So I definitely would say that I've found empowerment in my layers because kind of some of the most complex parts of myself. I built up from healing and moving past different mm. traumas or different periods of grief that I've had in my life. Sure. And it's important for me to not feel ashamed or want to hide those because they, they made me stronger and they made mm. me who I am. Yeah. So I feel like it's important to kind of find empowerment within yourself and within your experiences and how you've kind of overcome things. Sure. So I also think that 
you know, the more you can be your true self and express that on the outer layer, the more other people will co- feel kind of comfortable to do the same around you. Yeah, it, you can it gives them permission. Yeah, it's kind of like domino effect. Like when sure. one person does it, it might make other people who were kind of feeling that they wanted to express things as well, also kind of open up and reveal different layers of themselves that you might not have been aware of before. Sure. Like, a lot of time when people meet me, they think I'm kind of shy or reserved and introverted. And that is kind of how I come off at first. But once I get to know you, like, I don't shut up. I, like, <laughs> I'm one of the loudest people in my friend group once you get me to start. But sure. until I've gotten there, I can be more quiet and to myself. So mm-hmm. it's just it's funny because the people who know me really know me. And they're like, I didn't expect that people would think or view you that way because I sure. just know you this way. And yeah. it's down to like comfortable, feeling comfortable and trusting people. And yeah. I feel like once you kind of find empowerment and embrace your layers, you can live more unapologetically and yeah. ultimately creates stronger relationships for yourself and for others because they're more positive, trusting, and yeah. you know, you just have that sense of understanding with each other. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's so interesting that you said, because we have met through Zoom, we have met through the interview process, and then just working together in our staff meetings and texting, I would have never pinned you as the quiet introvert. So I think that's so interesting because I think also in context of how we meet people these days, especially if it's in groups and gatherings outside versus, you know, a context like I literally have a Zoom relationship with Charlotte. <laughs> um, but so it's I so I it's that's such an interesting thing to learn about you because just remembering too the different ways we present ourselves one on one versus in a group in person versus on Zoom and just um and kind of sharing all of that and just yeah again that authenticity that permission that if you they if you are confident if you know yourself if you are willing to be vulnerable it invites others into that as well and just creates more authentic healthy relationships so thank you for that all right we are down to our rapid fire name five activities that nourish you i have so many <laughs> that's I, a good thing yeah i do so I apologize in ahead of time. That can be 10. More it can be 10. <laughs> Most people have a hard time coming up with five, but you can have more. So one that I would say definitely is traveling or road trips. Because mm. I know that's something that it just makes me feel so like warm and cozy and almost nostalgic in a sense. Yeah. Because when I was younger, my family would always go on these little trips. Like we had the same ones every year. We would mm. go to Lake George is like Mm, one of the main ones. And we still do that to this day. So it's like a way to kind of feel in tune with like my family and my sister. Cause I have a twin sister. Oh, wow. You have a twin. I knew you had a sister. I didn't know she was a twin. That's so, so, I'm learning so much today. (laughs) So I just feel like that's a good way, like in the car, like listening to music and getting to talk to the people who I really care about and then getting to do all these fun things with them. And just kind of take my mind off of stress. Because I feel like, again, taking like any kind of vacation is a good way to get my mind, like literally get my mind away from my other responsibilities and kind of unplug and just kind of get to spend quality time with the people that I love, which Mm -hmm. is another one of mine would be (laughs) spending time with people that I love and I care about. So I feel like that's another way that nourishes me. And 
again, it could be done in so many different contexts. Sometimes it's just having a friend over and talking. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the time when I have my friends over, we'll start out with one plan. Like we're going to do this. We're going to go to the mall and that's a good one. That's great. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes we never actually get to the mall because we'll just be <laughs> talking for hours. And, you know, that's kind of the people that I like to spend time with because people that I can talk to for that long without running sure. out of things to say yeah. just makes me feel really good. And like, we can all kind of bounce off each other. And, you know, nobody really talks more than the other person. Like it's very well balanced. Mm. I feel like having those kinds of relationships is another way that I feel nourished. Um, Another one is listening to music. Mm. And that could be just music on my phone or live music. I really, Mm. both are really great. Um, And sometimes when I'm listening to music, I want it to be something that I'm deeply feeling. Like I want it to be some dramatic kind of album that I can like cry to or like so heard and seen, or sometimes I just want to listen to something because it's really good and I can dance and I can mm. sing along. So it all depends. And that's kind of like what I said earlier, like at different points in my life, self-care looks different. And sure. sometimes it's because I want that kind of releasing my emotions. And sometimes it's just like, I want to have fun with this. And that's kind of how I feel with live music too. That's yeah. more just the fun aspect. Yeah. I feel very much in like my element when I'm watching or listening to live music, mm-hmm. I've gone to so many concerts. It's just a place where I feel very happy and mm-hmm. kind of euphoric. And like, I don't get that feeling in many other places. Yeah. It's, it's just so exciting with like the lights and everybody else is kind of in the same, everybody's on the same wavelength. We all yeah. love the kind music. of a sense of a community. You can yeah. become people from all aspects, walks of life, but you're connected in that moment in time. Like yeah. I know we were talking about all the, like, even on the podcast, we have so many different diverse guests, but we all kind of have the same values and the same things. Like we all care so deeply about these topics and with live music, it's the same thing. It's like that sense of community where even if we're all from different walks of life and we all have different, you know, values or different things, we all can kind of get together for live music of whatever it might be. Yeah. And just kind of have a great time. Yeah. I love that. And photography, videography, mm-hmm. like I mentioned. Yeah. And that also ties in very well with the traveling. Sure. You can have like, like a travel yeah. journal. I made, we went to Europe, my family, like <sighs> my cousins and my parents and my sister. It's so beautiful there. Yeah. And so just going there again, traveling is a big yeah. one. Just, it's so nice to, again, get out of your scenery and see something new. And visit new places, try new foods, try new activities. Like there's just so much to do. And so something that I really latched onto with that was um, videoing the trip. Mm. And I'm so glad I did because now, like, since I can't travel as much and I'm kind of cooped up in the house, I can see all the videos that I took. And it kind of takes me right back. And I can just be like, oh, that was such a great trip. Like, I know. And That's a great point. We did that. So my husband and I went to Europe for our 25th wedding anniversary in 2018. And we did this kind of the same thing, not as like specific as you, but we have a bazillion pictures. We have some videos and I have gone back to that album on my computer so many times. If I just need a lift, I just like, I just need to be 
in Rome for five minutes. I just need <laughs> to be on the Mediterranean for like a minute to just like, <laughs> so I, there's so much power in that. I love yeah. that. I love that. All right. Five words on how you want to feel the next six months. I would definitely like to feel happy. And I know that's kind of a complicated one. Like, yeah, but I would like to hope that I could feel that way in the next couple of months or just, you know, growing towards that, even if it's Mm -hmm. not so soon or if it takes some time. Um, I would like to feel free. Mm -hmm. I would also like to feel accomplished in what I do and just in life in general. Mm-hmm. I would also like to feel inspired mm. and I would like to feel strong, which I feel like is something that, again, I'm constantly kind of trying to grow towards. Sure. And I feel like I'm getting there. But mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you've, you've got time and you're doing, you're on a good path. Well, thank you so much today, Charlotte, for this time. This was fun. I like, I've learned yeah. so much about you today. This is so great. All right. So to learn more about Charlotte, make sure that you check out our show notes um, where you can learn more about what she cares about, what she's involved in. Um, check out our um, sources page on our website to learn about things that inspire her, resources that she uses, things that maybe we cited today um, on the episode. Um, and thanks so much for being back with this on on season two episode one charlotte thanks again for the time today this was so fun this was so great thank you melissa you bet take care and podcast audience welcome back to season two and have a great week <laughs> <laughs>